This is All Things ANSYS, a podcast from the technical support staff at PADT. Episode 120, we talk about ANSYS and sustainability and look at news and events in the world of ANSYS. Greetings, my name is Eric Miller, and I'm one of the owners here at PDT and your host of these podcasts. I want to wish everybody a happy 4th of July. Yes, I'm recording this on the morning of July 4th because I had July 1st and 2nd and 3rd to do it, and I put it off. So my family is out and about, and I'm sneaking this in. Um, So, yeah, here we are. (laughs) I do encourage everyone to partake in a little ritual that I just finished. Um, I usually do it every 4th of July on or about that date. And I read the entire Declaration of Independence from start to finish. So I I look it up on the Internet and read it. I just did that. And and it is still as inspiring as the first time I I really read it uh, in depth all those years ago while in elementary school back in Virginia. So, um, you know, a little ritual that I pass along. Hopefully somebody will take it up. Um, it's kind of important to remember what the holiday is really about. And um, an update to our regular listeners, one of the reasons why I'm inside is the weather here in Phoenix uh, is hot. Um, we had one of those, one of the mildest Junes on record, which I talked about last uh, episode, but it's July now and it was 113 Fahrenheit yesterday, which is 45 Celsius for those of you who use that scale. Uh, it will be about the same today and the rest of the week, and then they expect us to get in the 115s or higher next week. So our record is 122 back in 1990. Uh, that's 50 degrees Celsius. I doubt we will get above 120, but you never know. Watch the news. And speaking of 120, this is episode 120. Um, Good news is we just passed 40,000 downloads uh, last month. Uh, So that's really, really cool. And if you do the math, uh, we're getting about 338 downloads per episode. So after our lengthy break there, where I kind of neglected the podcast for a while, uh, our our downloads are climbing back up again. And it seems to be the uh, once a month pace that seems to be popular. So we'll keep doing that. So I just want to thank everybody for listening and spreading the word about the podcast. So next up is our interview. And one of my favorite things to do on this podcast is to talk with people from ANSYS who I am proud to call a friend. And today I get to talk to just such a person. So let's go ahead and listen in and learn a bit more about ANSYS and their efforts around sustainability. I want to welcome everybody today to our interview, and it's a little bit different. We're not going to be, well, we're going to be talking about ANSYS products, but we're not going to be diving into a particular uh, physics or or piece of software. We're going to talk about ANSYS's efforts in the sustainability world. And I am joined today by someone I've known for quite a while, and a real pleasure to have her on the call, Pepe Maximovich. Um, and I am not going to try and explain what you do for ANSYS. I'm going to ask you to let our listeners know how you got into simulation and what you do for ANSYS. Sure. Thanks, Eric. All right. So my current role at ANSYS is, or title rather, (laughs) is a distinguished engineer, and my primary focus is on sustainability. So what does that mean? Um, I work closely together with our customers, clients, to understand Mm -hmm. Um, their initiatives that are tied to um, reduction of environmental impact um, of their products, their operations, and to help them towards achieving their sustainability goals by applying modeling and simulation, so ANSYS tools. Mm-hmm. Um, as to your question, why I got in simulation, mm-hmm. um, well, 
it's kind of like a little bit winded answer, but, <laughs> but I mean, I've always loved natural sciences. I've always been curious as to, you know, why, why certain things are in nature the way they are, just the natural world around me. Mm-hmm. So I guess that curiosity and, and interest in, in learning discovery technologies led me to study engineering. And originally I started off as an experimentalist in mm-hmm. physics of fluids. Um, but then, you know, that kind of naturally progressed into um, experimentation on a computer, which is simulation. Right. So right. it's kind of like just a different version of the same thing, really. <laughs> yeah, it's great. Yeah. Um, and uh, we've known each other for a long time when you were or fluent and then ANSYS on the fluid side. And and I That's think right. that, that someone as experienced as you uh, being given this role kind of shows the commitment that ANSYS has. and. I, I, uh, so my first interface with, with the sustainability at ANSYS is probably about 15 years ago with the former CEO, Jim Cashman. And I said, Jim, what are you guys doing about being green, being sustainable? And he says, Eric, that's all we do. And I said, why? And he said, because our software makes everybody's product more efficient. And whether that's burning less carbon or emitting less carbon or using less electricity or using less material to build it, um, everything we do about optimizing products really impacts sustainability. And I was kind of like, oh, yeah, well, you need to market that. Well, at that time, they didn't spend any money on marketing, but now they do. (laughs) (laughs) And um, I'm really proud to see it. And I don't just kind of I want to talk about the product side, but. To begin with, can you just kind of give us an overview of ANSYS's overall commitment to sustainability? Yeah, sure. So, you know, you've you've noticed the past several mm-hmm. years that a lot of companies are focused on sustainability. Mm-hmm. Um, they, they've set their carbon reduction goals, you know, mm-hmm. uh, targets and so forth. And, and, and ANSYS, here in ANSYS, we are doing the same. Mm-hmm. So... Um, you know, we're a software company, engineering software company. So obviously, we don't have manufacturing facilities, et cetera. Right. And our carbon footprint is relatively small in comparison to other companies mm-hmm. and really comes from computing, right? Mm-hmm. The electricity that's produced in U.S., most of it comes from fossil fuels, mm-hmm. thus has a carbon footprint. And so when we do computing, essentially, there's associated carbon footprint to that computing. Uh, nevertheless, uh, ANSYS has set a, 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 a carbon emission uh, a reduction target mm-hmm. um, to, we'll shave off 15% of our carbon by 2027. Also, we have a, a um, ESG, you know, program uh, that it's led. So obviously, we have uh, you know annual uh, reporting and monitoring, just like any other company. Um, and on top of that, really, like I said, you know, since we don't manufacture and make um, anything physical, um, really the the benefit, I guess, I would say that we can provide to the world when it comes to sustainability, truly is the product handprint. Right. What it means putting our product, our technology, our solution in the hands of other people uh, that can use that software to create essentially some environmental benefit, meaning, you know, reduce the um, emission, reduce the um, environmental pollution by creating Mm -hmm. cleaner, better, more sustainable technologies and products and so forth, operations. Mm -hmm. Yeah, great. Great. 
Yeah, and in fact, if anybody is interested in um, what ANSYS is doing for their kind of overall corporate ESG, if you, like we always recommend you check out the investors page. They have a lot of good information there. So if you go to investors.ansys.com slash ESG, you can actually see their annual reports and the 2022 one is out there. And, That's right. Uh, it's got it's got uh, Joe on the front cover, which is kind of cool. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it's a, another senior fellow, retired now, senior person at, at Ansys. Um, but um, let's talk a little bit about the product thing. And, uh, you know, I'm a turbo machinery guy. I think you we first met when you worked at Honeywell as well um, back in the day. Is is that where people are using it? Is kind of the energy consumption side? Is it the energy production side? Is it everything? Where where do you see most people applying it? Yeah, it's a great question, Eric. And I know nowadays people are using it and mm-hmm. uh, everywhere, and it really mm-hmm. is um, a mm-hmm. I would say a concern or a point of, of reflection mm-hmm. to every yeah. single customer at every single industry. So, you know, sometimes, you know, we have a mental shortcut like sustainability sustainability equals just carbon reduction or emission reduction just because there's so much narrative, Mm -hmm. right, in the news, the climate change, you know, that it it leads to the the emissions. Mm -hmm. But beyond emission, it's really everything else around clean environment. So, yes, Mm -hmm. it is emission, reducing Mm -hmm. the carbon emission or greenhouse gas emissions. But it's also about, you know, clean like I said, clean air, but it's also mm. clean water. Right. It's clean soil. It's clean space above us. I mean, you know, as humans, <laughs> we've created a lot of space junks, you know, so yes. much debris and satellites and everything else that we've left above <laughs> the Earth orbit. <laughs> so it's it's about clean environment. But yeah. the other aspect of that is also, as as you said, energy, energy and energy mm-hmm. solutions. Um, I mean, before we can clean up or the precursor to every essentially um, decarbonization of, of the world is having access reliable and uh, in affordable access to clean energy right. so you know right now about 80% of the energy that we produce in the world in the US and actually in the US but it's similar, very similar in a global mm-hmm. uh, scale comes from fossil fuels and less mm-hmm. than 20% come from renewable energy meaning wind, solar, mm-hmm. Um, you know, um, hydro and so forth. So we need to flip that around and, you know, uh, reduce the amount of carbon. Right. And at the same token, increase the amount of renewables. But that takes time, right? It takes mm-hmm. takes effort, takes, you know, funding and projects and everything. So while we're doing that, we also need to figure out how to, how to integrate these, you know, um, energy systems, the carbon and non-carbon or low-carbon solutions. The other part also of the equation when it comes to energy is how do we store the renewable energy right. longer term, right? Um, is it batteries? Well, batteries mm-hmm. can store energy for a relatively short period of time, hours, mm-hmm. you know, a couple of days, but not beyond that. So we need this long-term energy storage solution. So there's a lot of research, technology development, you know, efforts and attention going on there. Um when it comes to energy, you know, another, like I said, mental shortcut these days is people immediately think about, oh, electrification, right? right. Electric vehicles. Electric motors are everywhere. Mm-hmm. So everything, you know, innovation around electric motors, around batteries, fast battery charging, the whole, you know, system around, the power system around that, it's also another big area. Um, and then obviously the there's another 
third area, which is around materials ah. and the whole concept of circularity. I'm sure everybody has heard about mm-hmm. circularity, circular economy. So what does that mean? So we have to be smart in what materials we're using. So it's not just, just you know, is the material that we're using recyclable at the very end where it's time to dispose of the product? At that point, it's almost too late, right, Right. (laughs) to kind of undo (laughs) the product carbon footprint. But we need Mm -hmm. to put that ahead and start thinking, what are we going to, you know, make the product that we're making uh, out of, right? So making those smarter material selection um, choices. Mm -hmm. Also, can we go with less material? Can we make it lighter? So it still has the same performance, still, you know, structural integrity and everything that it needs to, to have. But it's lighter, so it's using less material, so smart in packaging and so forth. The other important aspect also is safety, um, chemical safety. Is it safe to people? Is it safe to environment or the wildlife and so forth? Yeah. And also, there's more and more regulations. So there's also aspect of when you look at the materials, um, does it comply and is it traceable? Um, you know, can we trace it through through the chain and make sure that that we know what the final product, what exactly made, which material selections made in, went into making a, a product. And then at the very end, it's really recycling and reusing. And also the concept of repairing, right? Right. Because yeah. everything is so, products are so much more complicated today than they are. Mm-hmm. They were used to be years ago, right? There's right. lots of software. Everything, you know, is getting compressed. It needs to deliver more power, more energy, more performance, you know, mm-hmm. per square unit area or surface or volume or whatever, right? So there's more and more stuff kind of mm-hmm. squished together, right. which makes it really difficult to, at the end, break apart and recycle, reuse, but at the same token makes it more difficult and sometimes impossible to just repair and fix it, right? Um, it used yeah. to be that, you know, in the, old, in the olden days, people would, you know, repair their cars. <laughs> you would just open the hood or look around, yeah, exactly. poke around and fix it. It's getting more and more complicated with the yeah. embedded software and everything else. So that whole concept of like, can we repair it, reuse it? It's also aspect of angle looking at sustainability. And then last but not least, mm-hmm. manufacturing and operational efficiency. So, you know, looking at how we're making something. Um, I talked about materials we're using, but also a part of that is how were those materials themselves manufactured? And then when we use those materials to assemble and make a product, how are we going to manufacture that particular product, right? What techniques are we using? You know, um, are they, can, can we, uh, for example, uh, make it more energy efficient or with less water mm-hmm. or, you know, use less nasty chemicals uh, and so forth? Um, right. So advanced manufacturing methods, perhaps can we, you know, do our 3D printing instead of traditional manufacturing methods or, you know, can we do it on-prem versus shipping it? Mm -hmm. So the whole concept is if you think about a product, right, we use some material, we Mm -hmm. convert it into a product, and then we ship it somewhere to be used. So really have to look over that entire life cycle uh, you know, perform analysis to see how sustainable every single step in making that product, delivering the product, using the product, and at the very end, like decisions that are made, what to do with the product when it 
it's time to retire it, right, or put it away. All that needs to be taken into account. And when it comes to also, you know, manufacturing and during the operation of the product, um, making some smart decisions instantaneously, real time, how the product behaves. Right. Um, you know, so using digital twins, right. prognostic health management, monitoring, so that we can optimize, uh, make some, like I said, you know, real life decisions in the moment. Um, that that also essentially has a sustainability um, impact because it can reduce the carbon footprint. It can also um, provide um, environmental benefits as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, it's, and it's, safety, safety, uh, safety, safety for people, yeah, yep. safety for you know environment for for mm-hmm. the plants and the the the, the animals, you know, the yeah, whole exactly. ecosystem. Yeah, for all exactly of us. Everywhere. It, it kind of makes me think. Um, it really is every aspect of engineering can touch on sustainability, and now with such a broad product offering. Um, we see it applied everywhere. I mean, maybe it's maybe it's your embedded systems code, right? Which we can we can now uh, we have tools for, or you know, the classic fluids and and structures, or yeah. maybe it's uh, when we when I first started working, you know, electric motors are pretty much designed in a spreadsheet, right? And now you know we use we use uh, Ansys Maxwell to really get you know that extra one or two percent out of the geometry. Um, can, and the configuration can can make a huge difference over the lifetime of a vehicle or something. So, yeah, yeah, for sure, especially especially for the equipment that you mm-hmm. know it's produced in a in a large volume, like electric yep. motors everywhere, or pumping yeah. equipment, or you know, rotating machinery. Yeah, they're mm-hmm. so ubiquitous. ubiquitous. Yes, <laughs> Is yeah. that the word? They're yeah. everywhere. Yeah. So everywhere. you know, millions and millions of them. If mm-hmm. if we can, you know, improve one percent efficiency of mm-hmm. of one, it all adds up. It really, really, really does. So put you on the spot a little bit here. And uh, if you can talk about it, what's your favorite or what is your favorite application of ANSYS for sustainability that a customer has done? Oh, gosh, uh, that's such a difficult question. Yeah. <laughs> the last one feel... you looked at, probably. <laughs> no, it's it's really it, mm-hmm. it's it's really uh, touching every single um, industry segment that we work with. They've seen mm-hmm. see it everywhere. I mean, I spoke a little bit about energy. Right. I mentioned uh, just a little bit of, you know, um, electrification of, ve- mm-hmm. of of vehicles like in transportation. Yeah. But, you know, there's also sustainability in aviation. Right, everybody's right. focused essentially on reducing the carbon footprint. We see it in healthcare. Uh, we mm. see it in consumer products. You know, making uh, more efficient uh, in terms of water usage, electricity usage. Right. You know, dishwashers, <laughs> washing yeah. machines. Right. It's re- cell phones. Uh, everything you touch, everything that we use on a daily basis, mm-hmm. everything that we think of using, or you know, that we don't even think of. Um, it's being looked at how to, again, make it more efficient, better, mm-hmm. greener. So it's really hard for me, honestly, to pick, pick one, one example. Yeah. yeah, I get it. And I, customers I, are like so creative. Like, you know, I spoke even about, you know, cleaning the, the space junk. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, so, right. so really, it, it's everything is, is being looked at and, and worked on. It, it really is everywhere. It's it's kind of funny that it's pervasive. Um, yeah. it, it is pervasive, right? And simulation plays such an important role in getting getting those numbers better for these things. I, I just and, and and ability to visualize it and think about it and do what if studies and and you brought up digital twins, which 
um, you know, I think we're seeing more and more people uh, apply to getting getting more efficiency and, and lower footprints of various kinds out of their products. So, yeah, but because we know when the products are designed, they are designed for certain like you know right. uh, range of mm-hmm. operating conditions or nominal conditions, right? And then you know once they're in a field. Um, sometimes, you know, things happen and they're outside of the range or even if they're in a range, you really, you know, if, if we know exactly mm-hmm. what are the, you know, operating conditions being temperature, pressure, humidity, whatever it is that's relevant for that particular machine or, or product, uh, you really can, you know, tweak things and bring it into a sweet spot where it's more energy efficient or, you know, produces less carbon or, you know, just just bring it to the operating point where, you know, it's more efficient. And like I said, it it has a lower carbon footprint. So it's a huge um, benefit having, you know, that real life insight into the state of the product and, Mm -hmm. you know, being able to say, you know what, let's, for example, you know, uh, just like a knobs, you know, reduce RPM or increase this particular, you know, condition or whatever. And then you kind of can drive it toward that sweet spot of operation. So cool. So are you involved in the ANSYS Earth Rescue Project? Is that something you get to be part of? Yeah, so I had the uh, pleasure (laughs) and honor (laughs) to be involved with the very first episode of Earth Earth Rescue when we launched it last year. Yeah. Um, Since then, there will be multiple episodes, and each episode actually focuses on a variety of, um, you know, highlights different customers Mm -hmm. and brings light to different problems. So sometimes it's about, you know, transportation, sometimes it's about energy systems, material Mm -hmm. sections. So it's really across a variety of industries, variety of use cases, and also a variety of customers, you know, you have from your mature, you know, global corporations to startups, Mm -hmm. to universities, you know, so we're highlighting um, all kinds of uh, innovative um, activities and ways and, and, you know, what goes on um, in the research and technology development. Yeah, I think it's another sign of the commitment that the company is making to it. Um, so it's it's you can and so if you go to ansys.com slash earth dash rescue dash rescue, um, you can see it. It's it's very well produced. It's kind of like National Geographic for for ANSYS. Um, I, I really enjoyed it and I've shared it with people who aren't in the simulation world to get them a better understanding of what simulation can do for them. Uh, it's it's kind of kind of cool, and you can sign up to get an announcement when they are 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 they done, or are there more episodes coming? There are more episodes oh, coming, more so coming. we're okay. continuing. So and to up. your point, yeah. yeah, it is. It was made on purpose or intentionally, mm-hmm. um, such that you know uh, it's not for simulation experts; mm-hmm. it's for everyday people to kind of bring. Um, illustrate, you know, what what the engineers and <laughs> are yeah. doing, and how mm-hmm. what what the role, you know, how how are we helping out these pressing yeah. challenges? Yeah, so cool. Um, yeah, so just it's a lot of different things. The the video, uh, a real focus in the. Um, I know I've sat in on on product management meetings when they're talking about which features to prioritize and and really thinking about the the impact of so to sustainability of adding new features. You know, customers want to do this. We need to make sure that we support them with this feature. It is kind of throughout the company. People think about it, even to the point where it's like, can we do this over? Um, teams because you know 
carbon footprint. I don't want to fly out yep. there. So yep. <laughs> it's, a, it's a big, big driver. So it, it does seem like everybody's on board with it. Um, so is there, is there, before we wrap it up, is there anything you want to share with our listeners that we didn't cover that they need to know about, um, you know, what ANSYS is doing in this area, what simulation is doing in this area? All right. Well, I think we covered everything. I'm sure as soon as we get off the call, we'll think of something we didn't cover. But definitely do check out the websites that we talked about here um, and uh, pay attention to some of the events coming up. I know, I know there's some YouTube videos out there and and uh, this topic, ANSYS people, in, including you, are out there talking about this all over the place. But, uh, you know, the first step is to really just reach out to whoever you get your answers from if you have any questions about this and they'll get you the right person. Um Love talking about this. Love seeing the progress. Um, really appreciate your time. And uh, I, I, I really big thanks. I really enjoyed it. Thanks, chatting, Eric. It's, it's a pleasure yeah. being with you. Yeah, Bye. we'll talk soon. Thank you. Bye. Bye. So uh, really appreciate everything that uh, Peppy had to share. And um, I can say, honestly, that I've talked to other people besides her, um, you know, throughout the organization at ANSYS. And these efforts are far from greenwashing. They're, they're real about this. This is, this is something that uh, they're doing across their customer base as well as within their own company. So they're really serious about it. Um, and, and those customers and employees are really making an impact out there. They're truly moving the needle on sustainability um, using, as we just talked about, ANSYS simulation tools to kind of drive better designs and, and new designs and really changing things. So um, really proud to be a part of that. So to learn more, uh, visit the website um, or reach out to whoever your support is from uh, for ANSYS tools. And also, if you have a really great sustainability story that you're able to share, um, please contact those same people. Um, they probably want to hear about it um, and uh, maybe share it with other folks as well. Can't make any promises there, but uh, it's always good that they know what people are doing with the tool and it helps them set um, goals and, and uh, where they need to focus within the product. So since the topic is sustainability, you may be asking yourself, what can PADT do to help our sustainability efforts? And I'm glad you asked because that is this episode's commercial. PADT is all about providing the tools and services engineers need to design, build, and maintain every product. And as we talk about, as we talked about in the interview, optimizing every aspect of these products is fundamental to increasing sustainability. We can provide you with the answer tools you need, uh, and the real-world support from practicing engineers to actually apply those tools effectively. Our 3D printing sales and support team can deliver the systems you need to prototype and even manufacture clean tech products or optimize any product. And our consulting team can bring the power of simulation and comprehensive product development and testing to provide you with a start-to-finish engineering uh, capability or supplement your own team where you need some help. Every day, our customers and our staff are working to increase efficiency, implement new, greener materials, get new technologies that reduce carbon, decrease energy usage, and minimize material usage. All of that driven by simulation. We are not just talking about sustainability. We're doing it. We have been a sponsor um, and now mentor for the Clean Tech Open. We have dozens of long-term customers in the alternative energy and other sectors focused on sustainability, including solar, nuclear, water, sequ uh, carbon sequestration, and power generation efficiency, to name a fraction of the areas where we help people with their goals. So if you need assistance with your existing product, 
uh, proving out a new design or solving a tough technical problem. Or maybe you need to take your benchtop prototype uh, to a manufacturable design. Go ahead and contact PDT at info at PDTINC.com or give us a call at 1-800-293-PADT and let's talk about how we can help meet your sustainability goals. Okay, next up is the ANSYS stock. So let's take a look at ANSS, which is the symbol for the stock. It finished yesterday, July 3rd at $326.95 a share. And that's been, uh, you know, it's it's kind of been hovering there in the 320s and 330s since the end of March. So I think on March 31st, it peaked uh, for the most recent peak this year. And it's been kind of hanging out around there for a while now. So for the past uh, 12 months, that means they're up 36.1%. And the S&P 500 is up 16.3%. So pretty much doubling the performance of the S&P 500, which is good to see. Um, and, and we'll see how things do. Uh, you know, inflation is slowing out there. Maybe interest rates will come down. We'll see. Um, but there's still a lot of uncertainty and weirdness in the world out there, a lot of turmoil. So we'll see how all that plays out and, uh, and how the ANSYS stock does with it. So we'll keep our eye on it. And of course, they'll be releasing their first half numbers in about two months. In ANSYS news, um, really important uh, press release uh, for those doing uh, design, you know, driving their designs with simulation, and that's that you can now do high-frequency electromagnetic simulation of antennas in the ANSYS Discovery product. So design engineers or people doing some upfront analysis can do the same initial simulation, um, do some initial simulation as they iterate on their designs of antennas. And everything these days has an antenna in it. So I think that's really, really cool. Um, so high frequency has now joined fluids, thermal, and structural in ANSYS Discovery. And we're really excited about um, the ability for people to do really quick simulation in this area. Because like I said, Everything has an antenna in it these days, so we need to be able to do that. Um, another story I thought was kind of cool was ANSYS just opened up an office in Rwanda in partnership with Carnegie Mellon. So there's a lot of details to that. Go ahead and, and read the story there on the ANSYS news page. Um, it's kind of a neat effort that they're doing with the university to um, give those students a chance and, and, and local engineers a chance to be part of the ANSYS family. Um, kind of a neat thing that's going on there. Also in line with today's interview is a story about how Rolls-Royce, you know, they make those really big jet engines, uh, partnered with ANSYS and Intel. Um, and let me just read the blurb because it's better than me trying to rephrase it. Rolls-Royce leverages ANSYS multi-physics simulation solutions and Intel's HPC to decrease operational power consumption and physical prototyping while developing more energy and fuel efficient engines. So it's really what we talked about today, right? It's using simulation, using that digital twin, um, doing virtual prototyping in order to get uh, more efficiency, burn less fuel, uh, less emissions, et cetera, et cetera. And they do it with less testing as well. So a uh, really good example of what we talked about today. About today. So definitely read that. Uh, we do have some news from PDT this month. We partnered, we did a press release on this. We partnered with Arizona State University, ASU, on two R&D project, projects as part of something called the New Economy Initiative here in the state of Arizona. And this is basically uh, some so support from the state uh, for some fundamental R&D that will help create new industry and, and uh, move Arizona forward as an R&D hub. So the projects are... Um, 
The first one is focused on the development of a new technology to recycle and upcycle unused material to optimize additive manufacturing processes. So it's basically how, how can we use the unused powder in metal powder fusion um, in, in order to have a more efficient 3D printing process. And then the second is aimed at creating AI-based software capabilities that will predict the manufacturability of a new product design. So really kind of using these generative AI tools that we're all hearing about in terms of people redoing their term papers and actually applying it to uh, manufacturing. So uh, some pretty cool stuff there, and we'll share the results of those as they come out. We hope to commercialize some aspect of that in the future. So uh, my partner, Ray Chu, is the one that's actually doing all that work. And, um, you know, if you have any questions about it, you can contact us and I can put you in touch with him. Um, you can also check out the article on our blog that gets into more detail. And in that article on our blog is a nice video that ASU did um, where I do a little bit of talking about our involvement. And then you can actually hear from the researchers at ASU who we're working with. So great stuff there. Really proud to be part of that. Um, let's take a look at the ANSYS blog. I, I uh, picked three articles uh, that I think are really worth reading. They, they have quite a few out uh, since we last talked, so definitely always check out the ANSYS blog. But one of my favorites in a long time is called Discovering What Sets Car Sickness in Motion with Simulation. And this is a story about how uh, Robert Bosch in Germany partnered with one of their R&D institutes, the Ferdinand Steinbeis Institute, uh, a company called IPG, and ANSYS to really explore what causes mo motion sickness and what we can do to um, the suspensions of vehicles in order to lessen it. So, um, you know, if you've ever had kids that get car sick or if you get car sick, it's kind of an interesting look at what causes it and then what we can do to fix it. And then also relevant out there because of today's uh, discussion is an article called Overcoming Engineering Challenges Pursuing Sustainable Propulsion. Digital engineering solutions can help solve the technical challenges in aircraft propulsion. And so this is really looking at how companies um, use, kind of like what we talked about with the Rolls-Royce press release, um, use simulation to make propulsion better. And as a turbo machinery guy that started his career at what's, what was Garrett and now Honeywell back in the day, this is really important to me and we have tons of customers in this space that use this technology, so really cool. And then last, just a really cool um, use of the ZMAX products called Modeling Human Skin and Optical Heart Rate Sensors. So, you know, if you've got one of those smart watches that um, you, you bought in order to plan to track your heart rate as you exercise, and maybe you do, um, you see the, you know, the little blinky light every once in a while. So this is an article about how that works and then how you can actually use ZMAX to model human skin in the somewhat translucent capability or capability in human skin. Is that a capability? I guess it's actually a, a feature of skin <laughs> um, to, to monitor your heart rate. Um, and so it's, it's really kind of explains how that works and then how you can actually simulate it, which may have some other applications as well that you might be interested in. And then in our blog, we've been really busy, so we don't have a lot out there, but we did get uh, an article published on 3D printing um, that really talks about how to use the new SAF H350 printer from Stratasys, um, why you should use it. And this is, this is a new uh, plastic powder-based printer that um, does a lot of parts really fast. So even if you're not in the 3D printing space, I recommend you check it out because I think people are going to be doing, this kind of is getting into this more, more 3D printed parts instead of a prototype going into tooling and production. So making it more practical. So check that out. 
All right, let's look at upcoming events. So right after this um, episode comes out, we'll be doing a webinar called Material uh, Materials Updates in Ansys Granta. So if you're not using Ansys Granta, or if you are, you should check it out, get a better view of what Ansys Granta can do and what's new in 2023 R1. It's a fantastic tool, and uh, again, you should just check it out whether you're using it or not. Um, we will also be at the Arizona Technology Council Aerospace Aviation Defense and Manufacturing Conference, which is in Tucson this year at the U of A Health Sciences Innovation Building uh, from 1 to 6 on the 13th of July. So if you're uh, in Arizona or in Tucson especially, do come down for that conference. PDT will have a booth for a sponsor for that as well. And then I'll be attending the 16th Annual Tech CEO Leadership Retreat. Um, so this is for leaders in the technology community in the state of Arizona and and we get together um, once a year, usually in a cooler place than downtown Phoenix, and um, kind of talk about leadership and what's going on in the state of Arizona. So we, we recommend you, you know, you come to that if you're a leader who is listening to this podcast. Um, that's pretty much it for the month of July. That's going to be July 24th. We're going to be at that. Um, we've got some events in September, but right now August looks pretty clear. So hopefully that'll change the next time we talk. So that's events. Um, that's all we got going on for now. So uh, I think that's it. So I want to thank everybody for listening on this 4th of July. I'm going to go start slathering my ribs with barbecue sauce for dinner. Um, don't forget to subscribe at www.padtinc.com slash opt-in. And that is subscribing to our newsletter so you know what's going on in the world of PADT and ANSYS. But you can also subscribe to this podcast. You can do that. You can go to both. Go ahead and spread the word. Let other people know about what we're doing here. And as always, do not hesitate to reach out. Thank you for joining us for the All Things Ansys podcast, episode 120. As a reminder, this podcast is not affiliated in any way with Ansys, Inc., and the opinions expressed are those of the people on the show only and not of their current or former employers. For more information, visit www.padtinc.com slash blog, and please share your thoughts and questions through an email to podcast at padtinc.com. See you next time.